the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Thursday, April the 6th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On April 6, 1896, first modern Olympic Games formally opened in Athens, Greece. Today, in 1864, Louisiana opened a convention in New Orleans to draft a new state constitution, one that called for the abolition of slavery. Today in 1909, American explorers Robert Perry and Matthew Henson and four Inuits, I grew up calling them Eskimos, but Inuits, they became the first men to reach the North Pole. Today in 1917, the United States entered World War I. The House joined the Senate in approving a declaration of war against Germany. Today in 1954, Senator Joseph McCarthy, a Republican from Wisconsin, he was responding to CBS News uh, man Edward R. Murrow. Edward R. Murrow is kind of the kind of the god of the left as far as the broadcasting uh, industry is concerned. He had a program back in the day that was called Murrow did. It was called uh, See It Now. And uh, in the remarks that were filmed for the program that Murrow had, it, it, McCarthy s- said of him, they, something was said that prompted this, and I, I can't remember what it was. But anyway, McCar- McCarthy said to Murrow, he said, you've engaged in propaganda for communist causes. And that, of course, I mean, Murrow was like this god of, of you know, he was you know, unbiased and everything like this. Well, that wasn't really the case. So McCarthy said it out loud, and it created more than a little dust-up for McCarthy. He was very outspoken, and he he was not a, a friend of communism, as I think we all know. But anyway, he sort of took on Edward R. Murrow. Edward R. Murrow was actually in the interview. I've seen parts of that interview. What he was actually doing was he was really going after uh, McCarthy. He didn't like him and he didn't agree with him. <clears throat> so that was the basis of that. Today in 2008, Democratic presidential candidate Barack Obama speaking at a private fundraiser in San Francisco. He didn't know anybody was recording it. They were. <clears throat> he was talking about the voters in middle America and the Rust Belt communities. And Barack Obama told this crowd, in an enclosed meeting where he knew no one else would hear. He said those people cling to their guns and their religion because of bitterness about their economic lot. In other words, all of you poor people out there who can't seem to make it economically, he said, you cling to your guns and your religion. That pretty much defines... The thinking of the left, really, it does. It's not that's not an unusual statement. It's unusual that he got caught saying it. Somebody recorded it, and it was all over the place at the time. I was certainly talking about it, and here I am again today talking about it as a point in history that we might want to remember. 
elitism is the hallmark of progressivism. Progressivism removes God. It removes all of the the fundamental Judeo-Christian values, timeless values and principles upon which this country was founded. Barack Obama knows that, but he just rejects it, <clears throat> along with a lot of others in his group of elitists, progressives, they call themselves. But that is pretty much the thought. It is the little people who struggle, those who have not made the millions that Brock and Obama and his wife have made, Hillary and Bill and so on. That is where they're coming from, and that's the way they view America because that is their worldview. Man becomes God. They give lip service to God, but they don't really embrace the values and the principles of God that are found in his word. So that's why we are where we are today. I'm telling you, it's not. this is not a political issue. This is a spiritual issue. And that's why this nation is where it is. And I know many of you listening today uh, agree with me. Some of you don't, they wouldn't. But you, you agree with me because you see what's happening. But sometimes we ask ourselves, we look at this, it was Barack Obama in 2008, now we got Joe Biden you know, saying some of the same things, they're trying to say them, and others more articulate than he are saying that, and they're pushing this agenda. That's how we got to where we are today. A little boy says, well, hey, I think I'm a girl. Oh, he's a girl. Get him into the surgery, and so on. No, I'm not overstating that. That is what's happening. There's an awakening to that across this nation today, and people are saying, wait a minute. And now it's been going on long enough. We're beginning to see the results of the little boy saying, you know, I don't think I feel like a girl anymore. And now I've had these hormone blockers and I've had these the surgery and mommy and daddy, I've changed. I mean, it's pathetic. It's destructive. It's demonic. We say, God, how long will you allow this to go on? I was reading in Psalm 27 this morning. Let me share a few verses that I read earlier this morning for myself. Psalm 27. Deliver me not over unto the will of the, mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Just don't get ahead of yourself and don't get ahead of God. God is in control and God is over the circumstances in your personal life, but God's over the circumstances of nations as well. He will judge the nations eventually. That's very much a part of biblical prophecy. But don't get, don't get anxious. Don't get over-anxious. God is in control, and he's working in our country, in our communities, in our personal lives, in our families, and in our own personal lives. Anxiety can just become a, a slave master, and fear, and concern, over-concern. I don't mean to go into a state of denial, that isn't what the Bible teaches, but just understand that God loves you and he's in control of our lives when we give control of God to our life. The, the left, 
they they give lip service to Christianity, but for the most part, the people. But I'm not judging their heart. God knows their heart, but I can certainly judge the fruit of their life, and it's rotten. And that's what happens to a country when these people get in leadership. They lead the nation away from God, and any path away from God is a path to destruction. So that's kind of where we are today. Unfortunately, our founding fathers would have never dreamed of such a thing, but they did say and did warn that it could happen. Many of them did. And here we are today. Interestingly enough, I saw this morning that Democrat Robert F. Kennedy Jr. of the Kennedy family, he has decided to run for president. He's going to challenge President Joe Biden in his 2024 re-election. So um, he's the nephew of former President John F. Kennedy's and the son of his iconic brother, RFK. He filed a statement of candidacy yesterday with the Federal Election Commission. Commission. Associated Press is carrying a story about that today. I, I can't tell if they think that's a good idea or a bad idea. They would have an opinion, and they'll be pushing an opinion. They don't just do news. They do ideology, but... Anyway, they're carrying a story of it, so it'll be out in the news today because a lot of people copy what Associated Press and the New York Times put out every day. That will be interesting. There's always a few people that run against the Democrat, you know, when there's a Democrat in office, or not always, but most of the time, there's somebody does, and this this Williamson, she's running again, and I guess she's getting around 10% now of people that are polled because they're so disenchanted with the Biden presidency, and I'm not talking about Republicans, I'm talking about Democrats. But now with this Kennedy, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. coming on the stage, that's going to be interesting to see what Biden will do. I I, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. But anyway, that's what's happening in our world today. I want to take a moment today to talk to you a little bit, just a little bit of a family talk here, to talk about a little bit about um, the support of this program. I don't talk about the support of the program every day. I don't ask you to support it every day uh, because we use all of the time to do what we do. And I know you understand that, but that doesn't mean that we don't need your support. We do. And we look to each area where we're on, in Seattle, in Central and Eastern Washington, on ACN, in Portland, on KPDQ, uh, in in Tucson, and so on. New Mexico, Santa Fe, Albuquerque, in California, and Bakersfield, we need you to stand with us. Some of these markets are not paying for themselves, and others are more than paying for themselves, and that's how this ministry is sustained. So I would encourage you, if you're listening in, in your area, and you believe and feel what we're doing is valuable, please stand with us financially. We need you. I need you. Because that's what allows me to turn on the microphone every day. And honestly, if enough people don't support in an area, we can't turn on the microphone. So please stand with us and thank you in advance. I know you understand what I'm saying and it's just we need to be cognizant of that. Things cost money to do, particularly in days like this. Very expensive. So thank you so much for standing with us, and God bless you. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009.
0-9. There's a new lawsuit that accuses the state of Oregon of imposing an ideological litmus test for those seeking to adopt children from foster care. That caught my attention when I read that. It's a national story now. While the state demands adherence to progressive ideology on LGBTQ issues, it's saying no to a Christian woman, highly qualified because of her Christian beliefs and the LGBTQ agenda that has been infiltrated into the adoption process in Oregon. I was not aware that any state took that strong of a position against Christians, but they do. As they say, no good deed goes unpunished. That's what's happening here. On Monday, the law firm Alliance Defending Freedom, and we all know who they are, they do a lot of these cases, they announced in a statement that they had filed a lawsuit on behalf of Jessica Bates. She's a single mother, a widow of five children. She's wishing to adopt siblings from foster care. They noted by, the law firm noted that she seeks to adopt a sibling pair who are generally harder to place. I didn't know that, but that is apparently the case in the adoption world. The complaint names the director of the Oregon Department of Human Services, deputy director of the Oregon Department of Human Services, interim director of the Oregon Department of Human Services, child welfare division, as well as Malheur County officials Rebecca Garrison and Cecilia Garcia as defendants. It's filed in the United States District Court for the District of Oregon in Pendleton, Oregon. The lawsuit follows the Oregon Department of Human Services' refusal to grant Bates the certification required to become an adoptive parent after she informed the state that her religious beliefs prevented her from complying with a state law requiring prospective adoptive parents to, quote, respect, accept, and support the sexual orientation, gender identity, and gender expression of the children they seek to adopt. But it gets worse. If you are allowed to adopt a child in Oregon, a foster foster child, you have to adhere to all this. You have to embrace this ungodly belief system. And there is a litmus test that is disqualifying if you're a Christian. As she went through the necessary training to become an adoptive parent, an instructor informed Bates that, quote, Adoptive and resource parents must use a child's stated pronouns and affirm a child's gender identity if the child's identity does not align with their biological sex. Of all of the things that they could have put into law to be sure that the parents looked out for the, for the best case scenario for these kids, why do they choose that, which is one of the most destructive, most destructive ideologies in our communities today? It is absolutely from hell what these people are doing to these children. And now you have to sign on to advance that in the home if you're going to be able to adopt a foster child in Oregon. Man, the instructor provided an example of how a parent could support a child's sexual orientation or gender identity by allowing a child to dress however they want and taking them to a pride parade. So if you're going to adopt a child, you want to look out for their well-meaning, and if you're a Christian, 
You can't have any influence over that child about God's way of growing up and maturing for all of us, male or female. Oh, no. No, you've got to put your religion aside. You've got to put your Christianity aside. And you've got to buy into this horrible, black, dark kind of world that they've thrown these kids into. Bates said, I can't do that. She said, my, my, my conscience and my biblical religious beliefs won't allow me to do that. So what we're finding in this case, and I am so pleased that they've taken, taken it over, the, the law firm, what we're finding in this is that Christianity has now become a disqualifier. You can, you can adopt these kids, absolutely. Oh, but you better not believe certain things, and if you do, you better not talk about them, and you better not put them on these children. However, you will advance the LGBTQIA plus blah, blah, blah agenda. So Christianity becomes a disqualifier. You may not agree with me on this, but you got to know there's truth in what I'm saying. This pierces the darkness of this very dark movement that's moving across this country, and it's gripped the minds of Joe Biden and right on down the list of the left. Upon completing the instruction, she raised her concerns with Garcia, who's named in this lawsuit. She's the certification officer for the Oregon Department of Human Services Office in that county, Malheur County. One of the things the training really emphasized is SOGI, that's sexual orientation, gender identity, and that the host must respect, accept, and, and support children whose preferred pronouns and identity don't match their biological sex. These people are obsessed with this. I don't know how many children there are out there under the age of nine, this lady said, that's trying to adopt them, the, the mother. She said, I don't know how many children there are under the age of nine who fall into this category. She said, and to me, it's kind of crazy that society is wanting to get these kids thinking about this stuff at such a young age. That's exactly right. She's a good mom. She understands that. Why are they doing this to these kids? They create a problem, then they go about solving it by passing laws to protect the kids that they have foisted all of these problems upon. This lady says, I think we should let them keep their innocence. Boy, that's a profound statement, and I couldn't agree more. So this may not even be an issue, she said, but I, I need to let you know, I can't support this behavior in a child. She said, I have no problem loving them and accepting them as they are, but I would not encourage them in this behavior. She's honest with them, and they're not used to honesty, so they, they react. And they punish her because of her religious beliefs and her unwillingness to accept a secular kind of ideology as opposed to her Christian worldview. That's what's going on here. She shared that her belief her belief, uh, quote, God, in her belief, uh, I'm quoting her, God gives us our gender, sex, and it's not something we get to choose. She stressed, she said, quote, my faith conflicts with this, and I just felt I needed to let you know. Well, after about a month, when all of this happened, there was no response, so Bates called them, and she asked, she said, where, where are we in this process? She was informed that she was, and here's what they said, 
ineligible to adopt due to her religious beliefs. Do we still have a constitution? That is, that is what America was founded upon. Was religion? No, it wasn't founded on slavery in 1619. That again is a lie in support of this kind of outcome. This nation was founded on godly principles. And now this woman is blatantly being told, nope, you don't qualify because you're a Christian and you believe the Bible. That's what this says. Well, I'll tell you, the the Oregon Department of Human Services is violating Bates' First Amendment rights to freedom of speech and association and assembly, as well as the free exercise clause. This law also cites the state and local officials' behavior as violations of Bates' right to equal protection of the laws under the 14th Amendment. And the law firm is addressing that on her behalf in this case, this lawsuit. It's been filed. The complaint is seeking an order declaring the Oregon law, state law unconstitutional, preventing the state from enforcing it and, allow, and awarding Bates attorney's fees. May God bless them and help them. And I believe he will. This ADF senior counsel, Jonathan Scruggs, he was like livid. He said the Oregon state law, he said, is an ideological litmus test. He said where, quote, people who hold secular or progressive views on sexual orientation and gender identity are eligible to participate in child welfare programs, while people of faith with religiously informed views are disqualified because they don't agree with the state's orthodoxy. That's where we are. You get to choose between God's word and Christianity and the state's religion and their orthodoxy. And if you choose the wrong religion, you're out. That's what they're saying, and they're absolutely right. The lawsuit stated that Jessica Bates, the widow, she feels called, these are her words, feels called to open her home to children in need. She said she felt that kind of a calling in her heart after she had listened to a broadcast a radio broadcast about a man who had adopted, which reminded Jessica of the biblical command to visit orphans and widows in their affliction. I, I assume she was probably quoting James chapter 1, verse 27. But she, that's what she's responding to, is the Lord speaking to her heart through his word and through a radio broadcast, and she felt that that's what God would have her to do. She lost her husband in an automobile accident here a couple of years ago. I, I think it was a couple of years ago. And uh, she's a widow. And a very devout Christian and wants to serve the Lord in this way. In the complaint, they mention the broadcast, how it inspired Bates to adopt, even though she's raising five children of her own, she said it's no problem. And she said, even though my husband was killed in a, Tragic car wreck collision. Despite this, the sacrificial love extended to her in the gospel compelled Jessica to act, to pursue this long Christian tradition of caring for orphans. And here we are. The outcome of this lawsuit is very, very important. It's not just isolated in some far-off community in Oregon.
It's very important to the nation. And believe me, as this moves forward, the nation will be focused on it, and we should be as well. And we should pray that ADF has success in this case, and she is vindicated for her sake, certainly. She deserves it. But for the sake of us all. Because that's where we are today in America. Robert F. Knight, Robert K. Knight, wrote an article, and I follow what he writes a lot. I don't know him, but I I like what he writes. He's very direct, and he's very well informed. He wrote quite a long article. I want to share just a couple of thoughts with you from that article. Uh, It's longer. I'd like to share more of it with you, but we we don't have the time to do it today. But he wrote the other day in a, in a quite a lengthy column. He said, it should be clear by now that the ruling elites want us to think twice about doing anything not approved by the left. It's open season on anyone even remotely suspected of being a MAGA type or a Christian nationalist or merely a Christian. In the space of one week, he said, we saw three children, three adults executed at a Christian school in Nashville the indictment of former President Donald Trump and the advent of the National Transgender Day of Visibility. He said we saw the current White House occupant awkwardly joking at length, and he did, about his love for ice cream just before addressing the Nashville tragedy. The word inappropriate, Knight says, is wildly inadequate. Within minutes, he said, he then segued into gun control and ranting and ranting. He said President Biden's clueless press secretary, Corrine Jean-Pierre, this is an LGBTQ activist. Boy, she is, for sure. She made it about the transgender community in the press meeting that day. As for Christians who oppose Spain and castrating children, well, they're obviously the bad guys, Knight says. But he says, wait, there's more. He said, Mr. Biden declared Friday, March the 31st, and I talked about that on this program that day. He declared, uh, President Biden declared Friday, March 31st, as the Transgender Day of Visibility, honoring all transgender, non-conforming, and non-binary people. That was four days after the trans-terrorist killing spree at the school. She was stopped only because the Nashville cops heroically charged in within minutes and took her out. They didn't care what kind of preferred preferred, um, male pronouns she wanted. He said, transgender Americans shape our nation's soul, Biden told the country, and he did. He did so on his day of visibility proclamation. As for transgender activists, they had planned a transgender day of vengeance, a rally at the Supreme Court. They called it off because of the murder of all those people in Nashville. He goes on to say that they're only we're only halfway through this this event and expect to keep this circus going on for years in regards to the January 6th. He said they've arrested um, another 700 to 1,000 people, and he said this circus is going to continue for years. And the whole story, the whole article is about these kinds of things. He said at the end of it, he said this theater of absurdity might be funny if it were not so deadly serious. And he concludes his article with this. The only cure is to pray for God's mercy on our country and to resist the madness in every legal way possible. Then replace the current regime with a president and Congress who will put an end to the lawlessness. That's where we are in America today. But wait, God is in control. 
They are not running ahead of God. God is in control. Thanks for being with me today. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.